If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Last day of vacation and you're at the spa because you're an American Express Platinum card member and booked your fine hotel and resort stay through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello and welcome to One More Life, the gaming podcast from RadioTimes.com. I'm your host Rob Lean and each week I'll be joined by a new guest to learn about their life with gaming. This week's guest is superhero superfan Will Preston, co-host of the Marvel vs. Marvel podcast. Marvel vs. Marvel, if you're not familiar, sees Will and his co-host Rob Holden diving deep into Marvel lore, adding a touch of comedy as they explore the movies, TV shows, comics and games that fans need to know about. On Marvel vs. Marvel, Will represents the newer type of fan that hasn't read all the decades of comics. But when it comes to gaming, there's no denying that Will is a proper expert. If you take a look at his Instagram feed, you'll see he's always posting about a cool new game that he's just been playing. This week, Will joins me to talk about Spider-Man 2 by Insomniac Games, the hotly anticipated sequel to 2018's Spider-Man and 2020's Miles Morales. We also touch on the greatest superhero games of yesteryear and a whole lot more. So, let's swing into that conversation. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. Ah, my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. How are you doing, sir? I'm not bad today. I know it's it's, it's a Monday, but I'm actually feeling pretty energetic, which is suspicious. (laughs) Very bizarre. (laughs) It won't last. I always like to kind of start this conversation kind of right back at the beginning. I was wondering, what's like your very earliest gameplay memory or some of those kind of formative experiences? Oh, it, it might be earlier, but I remember my oldest friend in the world, 
his parents got him a Sega Mega Drive with Sonic the Hedgehog, and I thought it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. And then my parents got us a Sega Master System, which wasn't as good as a Mega Drive, but still had Sonic on. <laughs> That's all I wanted. And then later, I remember getting our own Mega Drive and then an Amiga 500. Oh, it was it, those, those were the early days, early days of gaming for me. Nice. And have you have you kept up with Sonic over the years? Are you watching his movies these days? You... <laughs> well, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the films in a kind of six out of ten. Ah, they're fine. They're a bit of fun. They're a bit of nostalgia. But some of the games uh, are pretty good. Like Sonic Mania is worth checking out if you're a big Sonic fan. I absolutely adore that game. Although I, I, I tend to sort of uh, be a bit careful with some of the 3D ones because they can be naff. They can be absolute naff. Yeah, he's definitely worse than Mario at kind of translating into that other <laughs> dimension. Yes, yeah, the speed. You can't keep up with the speed in 3D because you're thinking, oh, in 2D, it's like, oh, all I have to do is just go up or down if he's running. Now you have to think about all the directions and it's just confusing. Indeed. I'm looking forward to that new one as well, Sonic Superstars. That looks quite good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've wishlisted that on Steam. I am waiting for that to come down in price. I'm not paying 50 quid for a Sonic game. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> um, back in those early days, were there, well, you said you had uh, one particular friend, but were there uh, friends, family members, people that you used to game with to kind of get yourself introduced to everything? Yeah, I, I, I had some friends in school because like, there were a few of us who were really into gaming. And I remember getting into the more violent games because of that friend. But I also remember going to a boys club, like Friday nights, you'd go out from six to eight to a boys club. They'd have all the Playstations out and stuff. And I remember seeing Mortal Kombat and Resident Evil for the first time at like 10 and going, <laughs> this is frightening. <laughs> this is incredibly frightening, but I want more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's got better or worse over the years of people uh, being more aware of what age certificate is on a game before they show it to a child, but definitely back in the day. Now, just, just check oh, this back, out. Back in the day, it was a mere suggestion, wasn't it? And some people were like, no, no, man, that's the difficulty level. That's how hard the game is. <laughs> From those kind of retro games, are there any that you are particularly yearning to kind of play again now that you'd like to see have a remake? Oh, God, that is a really weird question because a lot of them have been mm. remade. I would have said Streets of Rage, but then they had Streets of Rage 4. Oh, God, I, 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 I'm really stumped with that one, I'm afraid, because they, all the ones I want have been remade. There's only one game that I want to see remade that isn't particularly retro. It's from the N64 uh, called Body Harvest. Oh, yeah. What's and it's that? an interesting one. Yeah, it's from the people who made the original Grand Theft Auto games. And you basically you go through different time periods of like 1960, 1940s, 1960s, and 1990s. And basically every 25 years, aliens come down and try to harvest humans and you're a time traveler trying to stop that. But you get to like ride in different vehicles, like military vehicles, civilian vehicles, and you can destroy buildings and stuff and you've got to save people from the aliens. It's really, I mean, it, it looks awful today, but someone <laughs> is making an unofficial remake. But I think Rockstar should do something with that they should they should claw it back and go wait a second no gta is gonna do this <laughs> what was that called again that sounds really cool body harvest there was only one reference in a gta game that was san andreas where one mission was called body harvest and that's it nice nice yeah they should definitely ditch all the other projects and do that just for you yeah yeah, yeah i i don't care about making money just make me happy <laughs> over the whole course of your life which game do you think you've put the most hours into oh dear that's uh it could be resident evil 2 that's but some more recent games have managed to do that um i think uh city skylines is one kerbal space program no man's sky because as much as I love Resident Evil 2 and all, all my games, uh, very few games have kept me up till four in the morning on a school day 
I say school day work day, trying to do something like City Skylines, trying to sort out a traffic jam by <laughs> making the roads better or Kerbal Space Program, where I tried to dock something in the Earth's orbit and it took me hours to do because I'm not very good at it. <laughs> Oh, man. And uh, Resident Evil 2 is an interesting one as well, because it's not the, the longest game in of itself, but it's been brought back out so many times over the years. That you can oh, have. God, I've, I've had the PC version, the PlayStation version, the N64 version, and I've I've done so much with them. I, I, I'm obsessed with the Easter eggs. I'm a big fan of the series as a whole. And you can just complete the game in like two hours, but you have like four different versions of the game, depending on perspective. And I was really happy with the remake and how they kept a lot of that the spirit of the original in there yeah definitely i was about to ask you about that i wonder what they will do next now that they've kind of done the two three four i think they should do five uh, uh but i don't know about six if they can do a remake of resident evil six consider one of the worst ones and actually make it really good then i'll say hats off because the resident evil 4 remake i was really surprised by because resident evil 4 did not need a remake <laughs> yeah it's perfect already and the remake somehow better so yeah yeah and like the, the timelines are getting a bit more condensed because like they had literally brought out the original on vr mode or whatever like the, the year before they were like now it's remake time <laughs> Mate, it, it, the, the law the timeline the canon resident evil is an absolute mess it's best not to think about it <laughs> okay yeah let's not get let's not get bogged down in that mm. is there kind of one game that you'd say has had like the most profound impact on you and you can kind of define that kind of however you like oh i uh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be that guy it might have to be Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid, I remember getting it on the PlayStation and going, hey, it's that spy action game that everyone's been on about. You can sneak around and it's quite cinematic. And I didn't expect the narrative, the story, the characterization to get me in the heart in places. It was just, it had me like, oh my God, I really am invested in these characters. And games have managed to do that in the following years, focus more on characterization, turn it more into a narrative experience. And Metal Gear Solid 2, to an even uh, to another extent, went further and managed to come out with something that's aged brilliantly about explaining how the internet and society works. But at the time, it was like, this is just garbled nonsense. And you come back to it and you go, no, they've actually predicted the future here with what the internet and how society interacts with it. But Metal Gear Solid definitely, it showed what you can do uh, narratively speaking, in a video game while still having a fun video game. Definitely. Are, are you looking forward to that? The new collection of those as well is pretty soon. That's in two weeks' time, I th- or depending on when this goes out. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, out. It's, 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 it's out. It's out now. Get it. I've, I've wishlisted it on Steam. It's 50 quid, and I'm there going, oh, wait, see if it's buggy. Before I think about buying it at full price, I mean, are you going to, do you think you get it? Yeah, I think I, I, I played a bit of it at an event, and I was surprised because in my head, I'd imagined it was going to be a bit more like, you know, the collection that Nintendo did of like the old Mario, 3D Marios a few years ago, where it was like they'd made them all widescreen and stuff like that. Whereas <laughs> yeah, this, it's yeah. more like, you know, we've, we've just going to put like some bars down the side of the screen. We're not actually going to stretch the, the perspective out at all. But as I guess that would create a lot of extra work. Well, as long as they don't do too many changes, I'm perfectly happy. As long as they don't do what the GTA Definitive uh, Edition did and mess things up. <laughs> no, I think you'll be happy. It looks like it's literally, they've just taken the games and put them on the new platforms basically i'm happy with that i'm perfectly i just want to play it on my steam deck that's all i want oh yeah i was going to ask you i saw on instagram that you've got a steam deck how are you finding that i've been like teetering over like because it's quite a big uh amount to put down in one go that's what's putting me off it's uh if you're if you're into gaming uh pc gaming already it's a great investment i i got it because i thought what the hell you know I, I might i might need it on a holiday and, and i end up playing it at home it's great i'm in bed i'll just play the steam deck i don't want to sit up in a pc chair yet i i'm doing a fair bit of tinkering with it in fact uh I, i'm 
currently waiting on an even bigger uh, hard drive for it, and I've got a kit coming so I can actually open up and replace the hard drive. Oh wow! And it's like you can't you can't do that sort of thing with a lot of consoles, but you should be able to. But anyway, yeah, I, I absolutely adore it. It's surprisingly good. A uh, bit of kit. Uh, it's, it's basically a Switch, Nintendo Switch, for people who like tinkering and PC games. Nice. It looks like it's a bit kind of weightier and heavier, right, than like a Switch. It, it is. I mean, I've got fantastic arms, so no problem <laughs> for me. <laughs> it, it is a bit weighty, but I mean, it's 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 not that bad. But it's expected considering its size. If you know what I mean, you look at the size and go, "Well, that's obviously going to weigh about that much," per se ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply It's time to start moving the conversation in a superhero kind of direction before people start wondering if they've clicked on the wrong episode. Um, so when did you kind of first become ingratiated, maybe not the right word, into kind of the, the world of, of Marvel and superheroes? Is that something you were always into as a kid? Well, I, I was always a Batman kid because I, I was born in 1987. So as you can imagine, early 90s uh, to mid 90s was all about Batman. But I, I remember the X-Men cartoon as a kid. We all do. Great cartoon. I never really read comics, though. But I think when the X-Men films came out, I had more interest. Spider-Man films came out, more interest. And then when I started watching Iron Man, eventually the Avengers, I, I just went, slam my hand down the table, went, right, I'm on this side now. I love this. This is, this is my jam. Awesome. And when did you and Rob start doing the podcast? It was a few years ago, right? We started doing it uh, during lockdown. I was doing comedy at the time. I, I, I quit comedy about a year ago. I've done it for six years. And uh, me and Rob would work together. He'd help me do my Edinburgh shows. And we come up with quite a good rapport because I'm a geek. I, I did jokes about you know geek culture and uh, superheroes. And he, he really enjoyed that. Then during lockdown, he went, do you fancy doing a podcast? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And we had some ideas, but the one we really loving is the fact he was really surprised that despite me being into comic books and liking the mcu i've never actually read a marvel comic <laughs> so he's like yeah that's the podcast right there this is this is the podcast i get to teach you, you you're basically the moron will uh, i get to teach you all about the stuff that you're missing out on and also cannot uh, seek out because you're not allowed to read the marvel comics now which is great <laughs> It's a mixed blessing. <laughs> yeah, you can never read them because that would break the setup of the show. Yeah, this, I, I'm going to negotiate one day. Look, can I just read this storyline because it sounds amazing and you've really sold it to me. <laughs> it is very helpful though because I'm a bit more like you. I've read a few, a fair amount of Spider-Man comics, but I haven't really read much other than that. So I was listening to an episode about Loki the other day, and I thought, this is very helpful before the new Loki show comes out. Pretty much as soon as I, uh, as soon as I stop this uh, podcast episode, I'm, I am going to start watching Loki. I've set it up today, like, this is the time I watch it. But yeah, it, it, I, I come out of that uh, more wiser, thanks to Rob, because he's a walking encyclopedia in all things Marvel. And I end up talking to other people and go, oh, by the way, it's because of that. And like, do you know about it? No, I'm just literally parroting <laughs> a guy I do a podcast with. <laughs> nice, nice. And what about Marvel or superhero games in general? What are like some of your favorites, some of the first ones you remember or uh, 
memorable ones, I guess. There, there, there's quite a few memorable ones, but uh, I haven't played so many Marvel ones. Uh, that, I mean, the, the, one of the best ones I've played recently has to be uh, Marvel Spider-Man by far. They really nailed everything down. Everything about that is so perfect. I absolutely love it. Uh, another one I love, which came close second, it has to be Batman Arkham City, which is obviously a very similar kind of affair. Lots of Easter eggs, very fluid action and swinging and, and gliding around. Another one uh, I, I really want them to either do a remake or just port it to the PC, for, for God's sake, is uh, X-Men Legends, which is a great scrolling beat-em-up slash RPG with the X-Men. They managed to get Patrick Stewart to do a voice on it for, for Xavier and the guy who did Wolverine the cartoons to come back as Wolverine. Very, very good game. Some co-op stuff in there. There were another couple of games that I was surprised myself when I had to really think, like, what, what do I love in terms of superhero games? I have to say... I'm surprised by this one, but I will argue it. South Park, The Fractured But Whole. <laughs> Please show you're working on that one. Please <laughs> show you're working. Well, it's basically, if you've played uh, The Stick of Truth, which is a great uh, RPG, uh, in the South, it's, it's like playing an episode of South Park. But Fractured But Whole changes the whole thing from Lord of the Rings fantasy to this is a superhero thing. And the spoofs on superhero franchises and planning out phases and ridiculous character origin stories is just so well done. It always seems like whenever South Park do a game, the, the writing in the game is great. And then the TV show at the time dips. <laughs> but that's really what to check out. Obviously, it's a bit, bit on the crude side, a bit rude in places. But finally, a, 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 one that I really recommend that, that I really loved was the Batman Telltale series game. Great. Uh, I don't know about yourself, Rob, if you're a fan of Telltale games. I am. I've, I've, the Batman one is one of the ones I've played the most of. I'm not sure if I ever got to the end of it. I definitely did the first season of it, which I thought was really cool. The uh, second season of it is fantastic. Uh, it does something really interesting with uh, Joker and Harley Quinn that I will not reveal, but it's it's really worth checking out. And that one really surprised me. It did some stuff I've never seen done in a uh, Batman project outside of a comic book before. It was just incredible. That's cool. Yeah, I think I don't think I've got that far then because I think I remember when like the Joker type character kind of first shows up. I think kind of towards the end of the first season, and I'm like, oh, this looks like a bit of a different take. And it's it's cool that they uh, yeah. had a bit of space and freedom there to to do their own spin on stuff. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Nice, nice. And you, you mentioned Arkham City in there. What made you kind of pick that one over the other Arkham's? I think it is kind of generally held up as like <laughs> probably the the best completest one, right? I, I consider it to be a perfect game, and I hate calling something perfect because then people go oh what about this and like yeah you're right but i loved arkham asylum but it didn't have arkham city brought so much like new moves and things to it and a much more fluid way of doing things i would have said arkham knight but that had its problems it felt a bit too bloated and although unlike some people i did actually enjoy the ridiculous batmobile sections but (laughs) (laughs) yeah you remember that (laughs) yeah the gyroscopic tank batmobile that's somehow even more insane than the nolan films i (laughs) um, i i thought batman arkham city got the balance perfectly the story was great uh, and it had such it had not a downer ending but sort of like a oh god sort of ending it was really really good nice nice i think it's like it's kind of the sweet spot right because arkham asylum is very kind of small and self-contained and then Uh, arkham knight's probably too big and bloated but that's just like the (laughs) when it gets to the point in arkham knight where it's like oh riddler's made like these kind of uh (sighs) go-kart tracks all around the city and stuff like that so maybe got a bit too far there i i'm ashamed to say that i did spend ages 100 percenting arkham knight and there was too much riddler stuff too much Riddler stuff. <laughs> Fair. Mm. And obviously, Spider-Man 2 is coming out very soon by the time this episode comes out. What is it about that first Insomniac Spider-Man game from 2018 that 
makes it kind of such a standout for you, top of your league table? Uh, well, I mean, from a gameplay perspective, it's incredibly fluid. The web swinging itself is addictive to the point where I wanted... I was walking down the street and I was like, oh, I could, I could just web swing right now, couldn't I? That'd be so cool. It feels like you're actually there. But from a narrative perspective, they really got the character of Spider-Man right. They did their own thing, uh, separating it from f- previous film properties and did some interesting thing with the characters like Otto Octavius. But they did it in a way where it's not uh, detrimentally against the character, how the, how the character should be. And you end up with this great take on some of the characters and a story that really surprises you, especially the end. Yeah, that ending is probably one of the best Spider-Man moments of any medium, I would say. And uh, what are kind of some of your hopes and dreams and wishes then going into... I know we had Miles Morales already, but this is kind of the full sequel. <laughs> what are you kind of hoping for? I, I already know that Venom's in the game, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to some Venom stuff. I'm looking forward to the Harry Osborne story sort of uh, get resolved or continue i wouldn't mind seeing some i know i think i know craven the hunters in it but i'm not too fussed i wouldn't mind seeing some like spider-man adjacent characters uh pop in like the punisher or daredevil because i think they would really suit that kind of thing and i i'd really love to see them just a quick oh or maybe they pop up for a few missions or you have to fight them or they've helped you that would be so cool to see yeah that would be awesome that's maybe one thing that like maybe not even a criticism but one thing you could point out about these games is that they are very kind of self-contained within like the spidey mythos and i think you might see like a few easter eggs to like other characters but you don't really not like back in like the ps1 game where it'd be like oh and here's Mm. human torch on a rooftop waiting to chat to you and stuff (laughs) like that it'd be cool to have a little bit more of that i hope so i hope hope the sony uh mcu divide doesn't prevent this from happening because it would be a bloody shame (laughs) yeah well i remember when that square enix avengers game came out a few years after the first spider-man and people were like confused on two levels of is this connected to spider-man the game or or is this meant to be an mcu thing because the costumes in the trailer and everything looked very similar but kind of slightly not right and it turned out to be neither yeah exactly it, it turns out uh, it, it almost feels like what's happening with the dc universe uh, films like here's a batman here's another batman and another batman all at the same time but anyway yeah um, i i managed to get the marvel's avengers for a fiver on steam and i, I can see like the good side of it but i i just found it hard to get into yeah, I thought the, the campaign in it, all the Kamala Khan stuff was really good. And then some of the DLCs, when they start introducing the Hawkeyes, are quite cool. There's like a futuristic storyline where it's like Hawkeye and the Hulk are in the future. I can't remember what it's called. I don't know. It could be... No, I was thinking of Old Man Logan because I know the Hulk's in that from what Rob's Oh, yeah, maybe me. it was like a spin on that. Um, yeah. But that was cool. Yeah, I think it's just like they were so sure, I think, that online multiplayer is going to be the thing so let's do loads of that and then it just kind of didn't work out that way (laughs) have you talked to an angry 12 year old of course online multiplayer doesn't work too much (laughs) (laughs) this is you've played the um square enix guardians of the galaxy game as well right i quite like that yeah it did it took me a few goes to really get into but once i got it the flow of it i I just adored it it felt like a version of the film and it sort of had more 80s feel with the soundtrack which appeals to me there's some like iron maiden nods and some other pop music and i was like good this is kind of my jam again it was slightly weird because obviously so inspired by like the james gunn version of everything even having like an 80s soundtrack i I assume (laughs) is something that james gunn just made up that wasn't in the the comics before that we would have to ask rob but (laughs) we'd have to ask rob but i I assume james gunn did that because then you look at peacemaker and he's doing all this extra stuff but yeah um, it would be absolutely mad to do any guardians of the galaxy property now without a greatest hits jukebox soundtrack in terms of spider-man i just had to double check that the 
by the time the episode comes out, the embargo will have lifted. So I can, if, if you want to hear a few interesting things about the game, I, I won't spoil any. I, don't, I haven't actually got to the end of the story yet, so I physically can't spoil that for you. But. Well, I, I don't mind. I mean, it's going to be a, few, a while until it gets ported to PC, so I'm going to have it spoiled at me at some point, so I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that's cool, and I think this was in the trailer, mm. but I didn't quite realise how bigger part of the gameplay it would be is that they've added they call them the web wings you know those like things yes. under the armpit and you, you can kind of and again this is a bit alchemy but you once you've built up any momentum basically you can just press <laughs> press triangle and then just kind of glide the rest of the way what made arkham city good that let's do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> excellent but that's really cool i think it is slightly sometimes because they kind of added that on top of all the swinging stuff that was already there. Sometimes I'll do a button combination that isn't what I think it is, and then I'll just suddenly turn around in the opposite direction. But when it, when it works, it, it's really cool. Oh, God, learning all the different fighting moves is a chore because you forget there's, oh, I can do that, that's awesome, and then you do that all the time, only just that move, you know. Yeah, oh, you've like played um, the remastered of the first one quite recently, right? Uh, yeah, the other year and the Miles Morales one, they, the PS games are coming to PC, which I'm really happy with. Uh, and yeah, they, 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 they were both fantastic. I really enjoyed them. They did a good job on the PC port. Nice. You, you can fact check something for me. Because I think this is a new feature. Mm. So you kind of have now, you have the gadgets, which I remember there was gadgets in the original one, like you can electrocute people or pull them in certain directions and stuff. Yep. But also there's now, in my, I don't know if this is what they're actually called, but it's kind of like inherent abilities. So like you kind of have, if you hold down R1, you can do the gadgets. And if you hold down L1, you can do like the more inherent abilities. So Miles has like all the venom blast kind of stuff, yeah. which is obviously in his game. Yeah. But then Peter has like the iron spider arms, like the spider arms coming up, like the metallic arms coming off his back. Oh yeah, the special the special suit power or whatever you've equipped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's kind of like you kind of can equip different skills for that as well. Which is quite cool. But it kind of means that like again on top of the, the combat that you've kind of memorized from the first one of like dodge, 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 punch, punch, punch. You then have to be like, okay, and if I hold down L1 and then do this button, I can then do this ability. Gets, there's a lot of thinking going on. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm okay with the thinking because it will introduce <laughs> you to that kit carefully. But my problem was, because I'm so used to the Arkham games, there's a rhythm to the Arkham games. You have to actually do it to a rhythm. I was trying to play Spider-Man to a rhythm and it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> and I, I lost quite a few fights. But then I realized, oh, I can just mash the buttons. That's fine. I don't have to worry about rhythm. I thought you were going to say I can just turn the difficulty down, but also you can oh, just... <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm a medium guy. I go, go on medium for your first play. If I fancy having a challenge, I'll put it I'll put it up. But, you know, got to play the game on medium. And then, yeah, in terms of Spider-Man 2, Craven's quite a big part of it, but I don't mm. know if maybe towards the end he'll kind of be, as the Venom threat becomes bigger, maybe he'll kind of swap places with Venom, maybe. Bit of a maybe. bait and switch kind of thing, I don't know. I'm going to be keeping a good eye on Norman Osborn. He's going to be uh, coming out of the hang glider at some point. No, sorry, a glider, not a hang glider. He's going to <laughs> he, he, he's going to goblin up at some point, I reckon. Yeah, well, it's interesting because like because the first game it was set was it like six years after Peter Parker had started doing Spider Man stuff. So it's like a lot of it's like it's, has Norman already become Goblin and then reformed, or has he yet to become Goblin? I'm not sure, but well, either way, he can still do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would just love to see that. Like X Mayor turn supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the, the, well, the previous mayor was Wilson Fisk, right? So it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> Surely there's like got to be someone nice you can. Well, there's a pattern: rich, rich people getting into power like that. No, no politics, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you never see that in real life. No. <laughs> <laughs> one other weird thing about Spider-Man, and maybe if you started with the PC one, this wouldn't have been a thing for you, yeah. but for people who played the PS4 version, they then recast the face actor of Peter Parker. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> no, 
I didn't see that. So it's so weird. So like when they did Miles Morales and the remastered version, they were yeah. like, oh, this is what Peter looks like now. And the, the line they used at the time was because they, they did that thing they do in games sometimes where the, the voice is done by one person and the face yeah. is actually someone else. This face actor, is that a thing, is like a better match for the voice actors like expressions and stuff but everyone at the time's like you've just chosen a more tom holland looking guy (laughs) (laughs) and i still find it weird when i see the current peter parker face because i'm like oh god yeah and some of the trailers they have him next to the harry osborne actor and i'm like actually i don't know which one is meant to be which until they start talking (laughs) but uh, now that i've played it for a bit i i I can tell them apart which is which is helpful i'm Um, gonna hunt that down on google in a bit yeah, it's like, I mean, it's because you've been through that emotional story of the first game all the way through to that, like, heartbreaking <laughs> ending with a certain actor, and then it's like, no, he looks like this now, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> so I'm still wrapping my head around that, but... Amazing. Good stuff, good stuff. The only other thing with Spider that I wanted to mention is that, like, they've made the open world is now quite a bit bigger. It's not just, was it Manhattan, the first ones were, but now they've kind of done, like, Brooklyn and Queens and... I think oh. That- Oh, that's good to hear. I mean, the Manhattan they had in the uh, first game was uh, an augmented, uh, shrunken Manhattan. Because I went around trying to go like, where did I stay when I went to New York? Oh, this this shouldn't be here. anyway. But yeah, that's, that's good to hear because you know, there's more to New York than Manhattan. Come on. Yeah, that's a very like um, Microsoft Flight Simulator thing to try and do. So I'm going to try and find the place <laughs> I know from real life in this. Yeah, in I've this done game. that. It's good. <laughs> Hello again. I'm just taking a quick break from the episode to tell you about the RadioTimes.com gaming newsletter. Stuffed with all the latest news, reviews and explainers, this free weekly email will really help you stay ahead of the game. It'll arrive in your inbox every Wednesday, highlighting all the releases you need to know about along with my genuine recommendations. So if you're enjoying this podcast, head over to RadioTimes.com slash gaming newsletter to hear more from me every week. And now, back to the episode. At this point, I'm going to start asking you some quick-fire questions. Cool. None of which have been spoiled by previous things you've said they have. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, console or PC? It's going to have to be PC for me, I'm afraid. I do have an Xbox and a Wii downstairs uh, gathering dust, but it's PC all the way. Oh, nice. Do you ever get... This sounds a bit weird. Do you ever, ever, ever whip the Wii out when you've got friends around? Really? <laughs> no, I, I don't really have friends around that often, funny enough. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's been a long time. Been a long time, sadly. But I do have respect for Nintendo's uh, choice in, in technology. Fair. Um, solo or multiplayer? <sighs> it's going to have to be solo. Very few multiplayer games I like these days, and I have to find the time. And plus, I just want to be in my own head. Don't want to be talking to people. Yeah, that's fair. What what multiplayer games have kind of been your exceptions? I really enjoyed GTA Online. I know that's such an obvious thing to choose, but that was good. One uh, game that I really enjoyed was like Guns of Icarus, where you're captaining a steampunk blimp, but you have a crew of four against another crew of four, and you're basically one's the captain, one's the gunner, one's the mechanic. So you're working, you, you're using voice commands and telling like, fix that, enemies on the starboard bow. And then I I just, I, I used a very posh accent to make me sound like a captain and everybody was like wow i, I get stuff done with that voice <laughs> you've got to give us a taste of that voice now it was like enemy is on the starboard bow approach now fire fire and stuff like that <laughs> I, I, it was something like that but i just i think i did that in a similar thing in battlefield 3 when every time i uh went in the jets because i loved i just love flying the planes i used to be like all right you're coming on your position now i'm gonna drop the payload no you know doing that, that <laughs> kind of voice they do because it's all part of the fun you got to get into the role <laughs> that was beautiful yeah 
And uh, are you a gaming chair or a sofa kind of person? I prefer a gaming chair, but so, so there are times when I'm like, like, ah, oh, I'm tired. So, I mean, sometimes it's either my bed with the Steam Deck or I've recently started getting the Steam Link working downstairs so I can play uh, my PC games on the sofa. Oh, is that the one that goes into the TV? Yeah, I, I've had it for years. Surprisingly good bit of tech, but you have to do a lot of fiddling with your router to get it perfect and i've managed to get it working just right i was playing tony hawk's remastered last night while chilling on the sofa with my cats and that's a novel experience you can't get with the pc chair yeah if you're at a pc there well this happened when i was talking to you yesterday for, for your <laughs> podcast by the way go listen to marvel versus marvel um <laughs> when my cat was just getting all over my desk which is very helpful when you're trying to have a conversation with someone yeah i, I did the smart thing by kicking the cat out of the room <laughs> oh nice See, that just creates the fear for me that they're going to start scratching at the door which would then create more oh, trouble yeah they've done that they've done that already it's awful <laughs> and i know you're more of a pc person but over the kind of course of your life have you been more of a playstation or it sounds like xbox person i don't know i've only owned two xboxes the xbox and the xbox 360 but i was i stopped at playstation with the ps2 and I had a GameCube a, uh, and an N64, but I think uh, it's really hard. I have a lot of respect these days for what PlayStation are doing, but I, I think towards the end of my console time, it was Xbox for me. Fair, fair. Yeah. And at the mention of PS2 there, it has reminded me of the Spider-Man 2 movie game, which is one of the, yes. one of the greats as well. It's so such a good I think I had that one on Xbox, funnily enough, but yeah, still a good Oh, game. nice. That was before Sony had... I don't know how they've got this deal that basically no one else can have a, have a Spider-Man game. Well, one of our episodes on our podcast uh, does actually pretty much reveal what happened with the balkanization of Marvel media in the 90s. Uh, oh, nice. Made me a bit angry. Well, <laughs> I'm not too angry. I'm not that sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to check that out. And uh, are you more of a Nintendo or Sega fan? Really hard question because I was Sega at first and I loved Sonic. Oh, yeah, Mega Drive. Yeah, but as soon as I uh, got the N64, I was like, ah, oh, this is so good. Then there's, they have some really good properties like Donkey Kong and the like and uh, Lilith Wars, which I adore. I probably have to go Nintendo over Sega. Sorry, Sonic, but you know, it's just they, they've got some great ideas and Sega are pretty much dead. <laughs> <laughs> and are you more of a headphones or sound coming out through the speakers kind of person? I, I prefer a sound coming out the speakers mainly because I'm constantly listening out uh, for the postman because <laughs> I can't uh, for, for, and I can't and I don't like uh, having anyone sneak up on me uh, and especially because I've got, also got an Oculus Rift and they come with the old headset like if I'm doing stuff if my wife comes in and taps me it's the most frightening thing <laughs> if the cats come up and rub me it's like Ugh, you know whilst <laughs> while running away from zombies it's yeah I prefer having a bit more space for me to hear other things if that makes sense no that is that is fair. Are there many VR games that you're a, you're a big fan of? I, I really loved Half-Life Alex. I think that's the one true AAA VR game. Uh, there's a whole load on Steam that I've got. I remember getting the Skyrim and the Fallout 4 uh, versions. Uh, but one game that I'll always go back to uh, is Pavlov, which is basically Counter-Strike in VR. Oh, nice. And there's a lot of interacting with the guns involved. Like you have to do the right actions to reload and all this, and you can customize them. So, and, and you can just mess about in the shooting range at the start. And I'm always trying to do a quick draw with the revolver while no one's looking. It, it, the door's closed when I'm doing that. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I did actually do. If, if, if you've got if you're into if you've got a PC and you're into modding, uh, just quickly, uh, there is a VR mod for Alien Isolation. Oh, and I no. angered I angered my wife because I screamed the house down <laughs> because I was so terrified. <laughs> 
that game is so scary. And I remember when yeah. you first install it as well, it tries to tell you, like, you should put this game on the hardest difficulty because we've, de- <laughs> we've designed it that way. And, like, I fell for it and I was just getting absolutely murdered, like, time and time again, like, just sitting there sweating in fear. Like. It's hard enough on normal. You have to really be careful in that game. It's an absolute masterpiece, but wow, not forgiving. Yeah, and I do not want to add any further immersion to that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh boy, it's an experience. As you could like set up around your house like little uh, cupboards you could go hide in to like <laughs> have the full experience. Like. One day we'll reach that point. One day and I will die of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Yeah, home VR isn't really like that, but we did like a VR experience out in London for a friend of mine's stag do. And mm. it was a bit more like we've kind of set up this whole room for you to walk around. Oh, there's a Star Wars one that was like that as well in yeah. Westfield. Yeah. I need to do one of those because they, I'd, I'd love, to, I plan to do one with a group of friends at some point, but I need to because I want to have that experience of I can actually run around the room instead of standing perfectly still in my <laughs> PC room, yeah. not being able to move. Trying not to bump into like anything. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. And uh, say you've got a kind of a whole free evening ahead of you tonight. What games are you kind of rushing to play at the moment? What have you kind of got half finished at the moment? Oh, God. Well, this is the thing. I treat uh, video games like box sets. They're there to be completed. I'm trying to complete them. I recently got through Starfield. Oh, nice. How did you find that? I adored it. I absolutely adored it. It was it was just right. But I've, I I need to come back to it at some point. I'm going to upgrade my PC to, uh, for that. But at the moment, I'm trying to get my way through uh, the first time. Watch Dogs, which I had a hard time getting on with at first, but now I'm getting on with uh, the Tony Hawk's remasters I'm having a lot of fun with. I play a lot of indie games on Steam as well. Uh, I, I think I recently got some horror games like Call of Cthulhu and Amnesia The Dark Descent uh, to work through in very small doses because I'm a coward. <laughs> I, th- I think something like that, maybe something you know, just little little games here and there. I, I, I can't envelop myself too often in one game in one evening. <laughs> fair, fair. And when did you kind of have a, a whole uh, night to yourself to play games? Are there any kind of snacks and drinks you want to surround yourself with so you don't have to kind of get up for too long? <laughs> oh, I, 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 what do I usually get? I usually sometimes. I mean, it used to be back in the day. I think about uh, eight, nine years ago, I used to get a bottle of prosecco. Ooh. Uh, yeah, mm, uh, drinking taste, a 40-year-old divorced woman here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to get a bottle of Prosecco, uh, some camembert, and a big uh, French bit of French bread. Obviously, it made a mess of the desk. These days, I tend to get some uh, German beer, like Erdinger. Maybe I put it in a big uh, Stein as well. Uh, I might have some chocolate. I might have some cheese and stuff. You know, just 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 nice things, because I'm incredibly middle class, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, prose- yeah, that- the Prosecco on a baguette was a strong choice to start with there. I, I, I remember spending one New Year's I've actually spent a couple of New Year's Eves while well, my other half's been in Germany with her parents uh, and I just order a curry get a couple of bottles of bubbly and I sit down and play video games on the sofa and it's just like this is heaven I don't have to talk to anyone <laughs> that's that's what we're all aiming for is to not have to talk to anyone <laughs> yeah. and uh, say that you could only play one more game you can only have one more kind of gaming life what, what game would you kind of choose above all others if for some undefined reason you couldn't keep dipping in and out of, of things so what what are you going to stick with for the rest of your life i don't want to say starfield because it's too early <laughs> but i will it might be no man's sky that's a game i can go forever on and it doesn't feel too repetitive and it gives you something to do all the time i'd rather have something like obviously i'd like to play resident evil 2 for ages but i can't do four three four hour loops for the rest of the time <laughs> i need to do something a bit bigger but yeah definitely one of those two games yeah no man's sky is a good shout because it kind of it I assume keeps generating stuff. You'll keep making new planets up for you. I think. Yeah, I don't know how the algorithm works, but it's incredible how it's done. It's 
it's just wonderful the amount of new stuff. That, I mean, if that inf- infinite to the end of time experience also includes the game creator, I can't remember his name, Sean something, continuously adding new stuff, <laughs> yeah. then, then I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, that's thing, we have to like hire the developers, yeah, to uh, to keep making stuff for you. Could, until... could you be inside this time loop with me for my sake? <laughs> <laughs> the perfect symbiotic relationship. They're bringing it back yeah. to Venom. Um, yeah. Wait, that was a total accident. Um, <laughs> but what a point to leave it off on. Thank you, Will. No, thanks very much. That was fun. Thank you for listening to One More Life. For more from us, head over to radiotimes.com slash gaming. There you'll find all the latest news, reviews and guides that you need to know about. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back on this feed soon with some more gaming goodness. And until then, happy playing. <laughs>